0: I love you, brother, brother. Donnie. Same thing for you, brother. I've seen you you change so much when you're coming over and spending the night at your house so many times. And I appreciate the time we spent together, and I'm glad to stay here full faith, preaching the word like God's called it to. <clears throat> Thanks for my mom being here tonight. Amen. So happy that she decided to come. No one else came with her, just her. That kind of surprised me a little bit. No I feel like they got to push her a little bit, but now nah, she's got enough gumption in her old age. Push herself to get here. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy she's here. I'm happy she's here. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for a pastor allowing me to speak tonight. I know it Takes a little bit of weight off him sometimes when he's got ministers and preachers that are ready to deliver the word that's God given them, and I appreciate him for his covering and allowing me to come up here and speak tonight. Thankful for the influence of his family in my life. I can finally say this now, my fiance Bethany, and how much she's pushed me and striving to be the best I can. You know, I'm not there yet. Might not ever get there, but I'm going to keep trying. I don't plan on stopping Trying to be the best that God Called me to be Or allowed me to be in this life Because I know that above all It's ultimately for His glory And that's all that matters in the end I'm just thankful for You know sometimes I just I begin to just You know leave it on my mind I, I heard a preacher say The other day sometimes I, and I kind of agree with it He said Sometimes he feels like It's a good thing but he feels like Sometimes we're too Kingdom minded uh, Like God's kingdom on earth minded We're too worried about his kingdom here And when sometimes we forget about the promise And his kingdom up there And there's nothing wrong with wanting to bring God's kingdom down to earth and save people But but you know I just like to have that Promise that God's given us in the back Of my mind of his kingdom up there and And glory and praise forever And how great it's going to be I'm just thankful for the opportunity to speak tonight. You guys would stand for the reading of the word. I don't know how long I'm going to be tonight. Uh, I do have kind of a long background of stuff. You guys already know, but I'm going to lay it down anyway. So I'm going to preach preaching from Genesis 8. Uh, I'm going to start at the beginning of chapter 8. And I'm going to go all the way to verse 12. Just give an amen when you guys get there. And God remembered Noah. And every living thing, and all the cattle, as with him in the ark. Oh, I am. No, I'm no, right. am And God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep, and the windows of heaven, were stopped, and the rain from earth was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the hundred and fifty days, the waters abate, were abated, and the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, upon the mountains of Ararat. Ararat. Somebody say that. Ararat. Ararat. <laughs> and the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. And the 10th month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen. Somebody say the tops of the mountains. Oh, no. And it came to pass at the end of the at the at end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made and sent forth a raven. This is how I keep you guys in tune with me. Somebody say raven. 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 Right which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Also he sent forth a dove, somebody say a dove, from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth a dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf. Somebody say olive leaf. Olive leaf. Plucked off, so no one knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet another seven days. And he sent forth a dove, which returned not again unto him anymore. Let's just lift our hands in this place tonight, and invite God into our hearts into this place, and allow Him to do something great in this place tonight. Break through God our God's are Break through Lord Help Break through Lord's God, Lord's cross Lord's Change our world Change our world Change our world Change our life Praise like no, the Lord you know well. going right and the church said, <clears throat> You guys may be seated. As I said, I'm going to kind of lay down a pretty long background of stuff that you guys already know, but, but I feel like it's important to kind of remind you of where my mind is in this situation where God is drawing my mind to a certain aspect of the story I'm about to read. And uh, the story of Noah, of course, has to start all the way back in creation with Adam and Eve. And uh, a week, God created the earth and the life force on earth known as humans. Uh, you and me, everybody in this room is a human. God created all of us. Uh, God loved his creation and placed the man he created, Adam. Uh, the meaning of his name is, you know, meaning the first man. You know, that's it's, kind of obvious. Adam's first man. <coughs> yeah, he placed him in the garden. Yeah, he was the father of the human race. Adam's job was to tend to the garden, and God loved him so much that he even let Adam name some of the animals. But you see, God didn't want Adam to feel alone. So from the dirt he gave breath, he pulled a rib from him, and he was put into a deep slumber, or after he was put into a deep slumber, and created his companion, Eve, man and woman. All that was on the earth was theirs. Here they had a closeness with God. In the garden, they, they were able to walk with God, and they were able to, to speak to him. They had everything they wanted to Uh, All the animals were there All all the fruit and the food they would need Was there It was a perfect lifestyle Uh, All all was fine In this perfect little world Uh, This perfect little Situation Of Adam and Eve Their own lifestyle Their own planet basically In this garden they had Uh, And they could have anything they wanted Except for one tree They could not have uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we all know that we were taught that since we were kids uh, And all was fine in this situation until a slimy silver-tongued serpent showed up And convinced humanity to sin opening the door for sin and curses that affect us today You see here begins the fall of humanity uh, When when humanity began to sin uh, It goes to show that listening or obeying sin or temptation has consequences uh, you feel you may have escaped these consequences, but the effects of Adam and Eve's sin begin to affect the generations after them. Until today, we still are facing the effects of the first sin, the fall of humanity. The birth of sin brings forth jealousy into the world. As we see, there only the next generation below them, their sons, Cain and Abel, uh, they were jealous of each other, brought jealousy into the world. And it set forth entire generations in the direction of sin. You see, at this time, man had fallen, and they had strayed away from being uh, lovers of of God until lovers of themselves and lovers of, as the Bible puts it, daughters of the world. Uh, and in this situation, God even gave man a 120-year second chance, if you will. At the end of this 120 years, there was going to be a flood. And, but see, sin had clouded their brains and their minds. And sin is like cancer. Eventually it consumes Every single cell in the body Until the cells cannot operate And the whole organism fails God saw every thought And imagination of man's heart Was evil continually God's heart was grieved His heart pained at what he had done At at his creation Because sin it destroys good intentions You see The population Of the earth I did some research at this time it may not be completely right, but they said if you number every generation at 35 years, calculate the average family of having four children, and through the magic of Google, we find that all the generations of Adam and after Adam add up to about 235 million people. That's how that's how many they said were on the Earth at this time, because the Earth was still young. It was just made; just many generations had been on the Earth already. But it, I mean, now it's way older than that. Than it was then And 235 million people is only About 100 million less Than the population of the US At this moment right now So just imagine it as a Just the United States is the only thing That exists on the earth at this time That's how many people are on there And God decided to destroy All his creation, the people And the beasts, all of it But then the Bible begins to say That Noah found grace In the eyes of the Lord One man, a wife, three sons, and wives are all remaining uh, that are devoted to God. And I just say, because of that, I'm thankful for a but in the situation with God. I'm thankful for a a but. I was lost in sin, but Jesus, he took me in. Amen. Amen. You know, our Savior, he, he died on the cross, but in three days, he rose again. You know, you may be... Falling to sin, you may be finding that this temptation is destructive and destroying your life. But there's a better life, and but there's a better way, and there's a better way to handle the situation and a way to get out of it. See, but Noah, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because one man, uh, not a perfect man, I'm sure, but he still obeyed and he still loved God, and God saw God saw fit just because he still obeyed and loved Him to save him and put him on an ark. A gigantic boat made of gopher wood, an ark would pitch within without protecting them from the things. Uh, the length, 300 cubits. Uh, the breadth of it, which is the width, 50 uh, cubits. And the height, 30 cubits. Which, in terms you're more familiar with, feet, 450 feet long, uh, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet tall. Three stories, one window, multiple rooms. Building this huge wooden vessel was it was a it was a ginormous task to handle, and, and no doubt it was it was a great feat to conquer. It, it took a lifetime for us. Uh, it took a lifetime in comparison to us. Uh, the average man uh, I've heard is only on earth about seventy years. And in research, I found that they think the ark took somewhere around. Uh, It had to be within 120 years, it says. So about 70 years or over that to build this boat, which is only about how long we're on the earth. So it took a lifetime for us. But see, Noah was 500 or better when he started building this boat. He was old because people lived longer back then. There wasn't so many things weighing them down and destroying them. Uh, But God still used him to spare his creation, which grieved his heart for their sin. And then after this, it began to rain. Still laying my foundation here I'm getting to where I'm going But I, then it began to rain And I'm thankful for the rain That that washed all away all the dead things on the earth yeah. And began a blank canvas For God to start over with this man Who was perfect in his generations right. who, was known, who wasn't perfect But he still obeyed and loved God And from him he was going to start over And continue on the rest of the world That's right. You see it began to rain And they boarded this ark With his family and the animals They had uh, seven, uh, seven, uh, un- seven clean animals. Every every species that was clean, he took seven. And uh, every species that was unclean, he took two. Uh, and it began to rain, <laughs> and they forty days and forty nights, and they were on the ark about hundred and fifty days. Uh, then the waters were abated, uh, and the ark it rested on top of a, a mount or. Our, uh, rat, I'm still going to get that error rat. I'm going to get that mixed up, and I'm going to keep pushing through it. And, and Noah was just surviving on the ark. But see, the ark wasn't a perfect thing. After the water was gone, it just rested on top of the mountains, and it became useless. Yeah, because nothing man makes ever, la- ever lasts, ever. Right. Nothing, right. nothing we make ever lasts. Because heaven and earth, uh, the earth is going to pass away. Uh, God's words are going to last forever. Nothing we ever build is going to stay uh, for for the rest of forever. We can't take it uh, when we go to heaven. We can't take it when we enter forever. It doesn't. It doesn't last. You see, it was just a place of survival. The ark was not permanent. See we were called to be greater than the ark We were called to do greater things than the ark But see Noah he was just being patient He was waiting on God For when God was going to tell him Okay it's time Noah go Replenish the earth Take the animals Replenish the earth Let them free Create uh, perfect generations for me That are going to worship and love me Not as the man did before Noah was the last bit of humanity on this earth And Noah was ready to go out. And he was ready to, to regenerate God's creation. And push it in the right way. You see. He wasn't perfect. We, we aren't perfect. You may not be perfect. But you can make a difference still. If you obey and love God. You may, you may be able to you can save your family. You can change situations that you never thought you could change. It just started with a man who obeyed God. And ended up saving humanity in the end. You see. Uh, Noah, Noah occasionally He sent out uh, a bird As we as we read He sent out a raven and a dove uh, You see And that kind of gives me my title here I'll go into a little bit deeper of this But my title for tonight Is the hope of a dove uh, You see it was the hope of a lone dove To find land A messenger of hope A bringer of peace An aerial scout seeking more than just surviving You see we, we can talk about the dove all day And it's majestic beauty and its peaceful, peacefulness that it brings and its purity and it, it, its white glowing body and its shape but what kind of drew me in this was when I began to study about the raven because God never told Noah to send any animals out he, he, never, he never told him to send out the, ra- the raven or the dove uh, Noah was I guess, expected to be patient on God in the situation and wait for him. And just spe- in speculation, I come to think that maybe Noah was just reminding himself that God's plan was going to work out in the situation, sending these, these birds out to see if the waters were abating or not. He was just reminding himself that in the end, that his faith was going to be made true and that what he was doing was going to be good for him and that he was going to be able to get off the boat and be able to replenish the earth. Uh, but he sent out this raven And God God, had, God didn't tell him To send out the raven or the dove But, but old anxious Noah He sends out a raven uh, And I studied ravens a little bit And study ravens are We all know what raven is They're dark, they're black, they're big uh, Scavenger birds that feed on Dead things uh, That's why you can't say much about a bird, uh, I looked this up, that flies in groups called unkindness or a treachery or a conspiracy. You can't say much about that. You can't be like, oh, look at that cute conspiracy of ravens. You can't You can't say much about a raven other than what it is. Well, it is what it is. It's creepy. It's strange. Uh, modern art has painted these ravens as, as scary, dark, evil. But no, it sends this bird out. Uh, maybe because no one's going to miss a raven. or, But I'm speculating. It, I'm sure it was sent out just as the dove. And I'm, not, dove I'm not speculating anymore. This is the biography. He sent the dove out. And I'm sure he did the raven just the same. To search. To see if the water uh, was drying up. To see if there was any more land. Other than just the mountaintops. But see when he sent this raven out. It was went out at this lone window. And it was surrounded by its weakness. You see, this dove, the intention of this dove being sent out was to see if the land was visible, to see if the waters were abating or drying off the earth. But instead, this this scavenger, this uh, carnivorous bird, had seen all these dead things floating on top of the water and was instead distracted because of its unclean diet. Uh, this this bird, it was it was unclean. It feasted on other dead things. Its diet wasn't it's what it wanted, but it, it wasn't necessarily what was considered clean. Uh, lately, a trend of many people's lives, in my life, the people around me, has been diet. What we take in matters so much. It's so important. That's right. And maybe maybe that. That's not even just food. I mean it's important what you eat. If you eat healthy, you need to eat healthy. But spiritually, what we take in is so important. I've heard it so many times just taking in more uh, less of the carnal and more of the eternal is what we need to change our lives around. Uh, you see because the world ha- the world's different from when it was back with Noah We all know that. It has advanced incredibly in technology. And if the world lasts even 10 years from now, we will not even recognize technology back then because how far it's going to be in advanced into the future. You see, but God sees fit in having more clean dieted animals on the ark. He brought seven instead of two. And God, I believe he doesn't change in his ways So he wants us to be more clean in what we take in than unclean. He wants us to make sure that we don't consume just anything Hollywood or modern technology uh, shoots our way. You see, the waiting, he went to and fro until the waters dried. It wasn't even interested in returning to even just surviving on the ark or surviving. uh, But his diet of unclean pulled it to the feast of dead that was waiting. You see, sin Has pleasure waiting for us Sin knows your number It knows just what makes you tick It knows what will pull you And make you fall You see They they tell you it's fine at the door But they hand you a check on the way out That's how sin is It only lasts for a season It is only here for a season A preacher that Recently I uh, He signed a book for me I was excited to meet him He preaches a message uh, Called Time when it's time to pay the dancer. It hit me so strong. I never thought about it that way before. He brings me back to a story of John the Baptist, and he—he was the one uh, who—he was a forerunner for Jesus. He—he got entwined with King Herod at this time, and you know he—he sort of began to become acquaintances with King Herod, and they had this party one night. Uh, king Herod had this party As a king, that's what they do They party because they're rich And they own all the land And they like to dive into the splendor that they have And his stepdaughter uh, I believe her name was Salome Or Salome or something I can't pronounce it correct But her mother uh, was Herodias Which is which was His wife at this time <laughs> Sorry I got that mixed up And uh, Yeah, yeah, my bad, I'm sorry his brother's wife, and she her his stepdaughter danced for, for him at this party in front of all the drunken men, the drunken king's men, and the king at this time. And he he began to use this as when sin comes in our life. And it starts to show us its its pleasures and its and its be- its beauty that, that sin brings to the table, the the pleasure that sin brings to the table. But see, after the dance was over you know the king was so enticed with, with the dance that his, that this saloon girl had had danced that she uh, that he asked her i i can give you anything you want i can fulfill your i can fulfill your dreams i can give you up to half of my kingdom is what he said to her and uh, she began to think it over he he had already offered it he had already watched the dance he had already he had already seen the pleasures of sin, and it wasn't him who got to set the price. He offered he offered to her up to half of his kingdom. And and Siloam went back to discuss with Herodias, and Herodias decided that the that it wasn't money or fame or, or gold or that they wanted, or, or the other half of the kingdom that they wanted, but it was the head of John the Baptist. And see, King Herod, he didn't pick uh, the, the price he had to pay for the pleasure of sin in his life, but when it was time to pay the dancer, he had to say sorry to John the Baptist, and he cut off John the Baptist's head and gave it to them. You see, he didn't have to. He didn't have the opportunity to pick the price of the sin that was in his life, the season of sin that he he was incorporated in. He didn't pick the price for that. And J. H. Osborne, J. H. Osborne, began to say that that you need to quit the dance right now in your life before the price, before the ticket comes up, before, before it's too late and you no longer get to decide the price of sin in your life. Amen. He's saying that if you're living in sin right now that you need to quit, because you never know when it's going to be play the dancer. Amen. and it's going to be more than you want to give. Amen. See, sin is only for a season. After the waters had had come on this earth and all the people had died uh, this raven he saw all this dead things uh, his pleasure it was his diet to consume of this what it is is our, our diet it desensitizes us from the things of God uh, it's only death this raven feasted only on dead lifeless things that had no light and them only death uh, sin is death for the wages of sin is death It's right. time To stop sinning and clean up our diets. See, I'm not the only one to implement it. But it's up to you. To give up your distractions. uh, For a season. uh, To give up your distractions. You will reap benefits in their life. Devices that desensitize us. Distractions that demoralize us. Where death is literally accessible. At every corner. Where we can literally see. Dead at every corner. You know, they have those. Uh covers on Facebook that says uh, Uncovered, you can uncover this video because of uh, uh, you know, it's got mature material whether it's dead or inappropriate most of the time it's blood or someone dying or something like that. We have things like that in our lives but soon enough, they are not going to put that cover on it. I mean there's places where you can find it, it's just there right in front of your face and we have to watch what we have in front of our face. We have death accessible at the tips of our fingers a pornography, inappropriate messaging. Uncleanliness all around. Considered around this technology, it, the same spirits that were back then, before Noah, they're still alive and they're old. And now they don't—they don't have to go through the same avenues they took back then because now they're face to face with us. They're face to face with us every night before we go to bed. They're face to face with us when we're alone in the dark. They're face to face with us all the time. You see, and I, I'm a believer, and an anointing flows down. Amen. That your phone is only going to hurt you because the anointing isn't going to flow up through your phone into your face. No, it's going to come from above, not from that device in your hands. You've got to be careful what you're allowing in, in your life. You have to exercise a good guide in your life. Because the spirit, there will be no buffer between you that you feel between you and God. You will you experience God's spirit. You will it will flow better. But we have to stop wasting time. We have to stop wasting time on the dead things. And turn to the eternal. Cease our uncleanly desires. And seek for God's desires. That's what we need to pray. We need to pray that God's desires become our desires. Because when we do that. There's no telling what God's going to open up in your life. You have to rid yourself of your unclean diet. And not stabbing. On all the dead things that are going to be distracted. See the raven he fought distraction. Against his true purpose. He was sent out that window. He faced distraction. He saw a meal of dead. He saw a meal of sin and he was enticed. You see, God didn't call us to be scavengers, but he prepares a place before me, a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yes, amen. He, he anoints us our head with oil and, and he calls our cup to run over. You see, he already has prepared a table for us so we don't have to scavenge on these dead things. He's even prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies, the things we fear, the things that we hate, the things we're scared of. God's already gone before us. And He has placed healthy things for us to feed upon. Healthy things for us to soak into our spirit. So we don't have to deal with the empty diet of the world. and don't have to be scavengers. You know, the Lord calls unto us. The Master calls, come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude, turned the water into wine. Yes. To the hungry cough, now come and dine. See, it's all there for us. We don't have to scavenge on the dead things of this earth. Sin may be enticing, but you don't get to pick what you pay the dancer. Pay the dancer when it's over. You don't get to pick the the death or the the, the price you have to pay when your season of sin ends, because it will end. You may think it's good to be riding it now and so up all you can, but when that season ends, you better watch out, because you don't get to pick the price the price is already picked it's already it's already picked so if you're living in sin you need to stop right now because you never know when God's going to pick that ticket sin. the season's over you have to reap what you've sown my master still regards my master he still calls me regardless of what I've done uh, but what God is this that he has come to save me And it's only amazing grace that I am saved uh, there is power in his name to change me I don't want to be a raven I want to find land. I want to find something sturdy and stable. Yes, Amen. See, now we can flip, basically, from the exact opposite of a raven to a dove. Uh, after the raven's failure, Noah sent a, a dove, almost the opposite, as I said, of a raven, because I still believe in step up, step out, or get out of the way, because God's going to send yeah. someone in your place if you don't fulfill your job. Uh, unlike the raven, doves are peaceful, uh, but actually, they're also kind of. As a certain resource set put it, nervous Nellies. They are intimately involved in their environment. Because see, doves for thousands of years have been hunted for their tasty breast meat. What they had inside of them, that that goodness that they had naturally inside of them. And these people try to take it away just as sin. It chases us. It tries to take away that natural desire to want to do good and it tries to taint it as i said sin destroys good intentions yeah. uh, these doves they fell and they run from predators and on this boat they had to be intimately aware of their environment because there was predators around every corner to these doves it felt just a survival to be on this boat uh and speculating I believe that these doves, their natural instinct was more. They didn't want to be on this boat for the rest of their lives, confined inside this wood. They wanted to be out and they had the ability to fly and be able to see the world and birth families of their own and live a life as a normal dove would live. See, I like to think of this dove as us, stuck in the confines of a box known as the ark, or the confines of a box known as life. Uh, routine sets us in a box and we get stuck in everyday day-to-day motion and we forget that there's a God that's calling us deeper. We get stuck in routine and we forget that there's a God that's calling us deeper. That's calling us to go out from the comfortability of of a boat that's not going to last forever. That is now useless, arresting on top of a mountain. God has called us deeper to land to solid, flood-tested, battle-tested, washed clean land. Just as the dove, the raven went out the same window to find if the waters were a for the first time, hope to find land, something more, but with, without courage. This dove, maybe maybe this dove thought at first, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, I, I, I don't want to do this, I don't want to leave, because the dove had already become intimately aware of its environment, because it was scared around every corner. It, it watched left to right, and it was already comfortable in the place it had been in. It didn't want to leave the confines of the of his, of his life as the ark uh, But w- without courage uh, The dove Went out It was sent out to the same window uh, to, to over the water And it came back without uh, With nothing It just returned uh, Returned to survival it, it went out only once uh, But it returned because it just found nothing That it could clutch on to And it returned into the boat It returned on survival You see the Holy Ghost brings a change in our lives. It brings power to pull from every unclean sin that we find ourselves in, the diet. Uh, it, it has the power to pull from addiction, power to go again. Uh, Mom, pastor, uh, not, not pastor, sorry. I've listened to their podcast and that's how they thats how they describe I'm Sorry about that. That's my pastor, not Aaron Bounds. I'm thankful for that man. <laughs> but brother Aaron Bounds uh, he preaches a message called the power of again, and he repeats over and over again that there's power in trying again, there's power in doing it once more, and, ex- yeah. and expecting something different, something to change. So this dove may be rustling up a little more courage, and the Noah, and the Noah gathered the dove and sent it out one more time. Uh, the second time, uh, the second time, maybe this this dove went out and it found an olive, an olive leaf. It found the trees, the tops of the trees of this land. Uh, maybe the dove just got a little taste of the uh, anointing. Uh, maybe the dove just got a little taste of the supernatural. Maybe the gifts just started to work a little bit in this dove's life. And they got the taste of an olive leaf. But see, it tried to bring it back to the place of survival. And this 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 piece of the supernatural, this piece of peace, could not survive. And the not-meant-for-forever uh, surviving ark that was just resting and not moving, useless ark. It could not survive. The, the, the piece of, of the Holy Ghost, the piece of the anointing that this dove brought back to its place of survival, its place of comfortability, couldn't survive. This dove knew after it experienced this, it had to find a better place to plant its tree, to plant this leaf and let it grow into something more. Let it grow into a greater anointing, a greater use in the gifts, a more supernatural in its life. It was only a taste. It was just enough to get this dove reft up and riled up to go again. And I'm sure this dove, once it brought it back, maybe it tried to show it off to its friend and say, Look what I found. I got a little piece. I got a little piece of the supernatural. I got a little piece of the gifts of the Spirit and the anointing. But this leaf could not survive in the place of survival this dove had found itself in for so many days. See, life gives us disappointment This is this dove faced. Like Jacob, he worked seven years for Laban to get Rachel. But the, the night he got married, he woke up with Leah. J.H. Osborne, listening to preaching at work, I'm thankful for that I, That now I can have that avenue in my life of preaching because it's important and it's imparted into me things that, that I find so dear to me. And this hit me so deep when I heard J.H. Osborne preach it. Uh, Rachel, she was a beautiful young girl, she was the epitome of beauty and happiness. But Leah, in comparison, He's, the Bible says she was tender-eyed. She's ugly. You know, J. H. Osborne describes her something I love to say. She, she walked, you know, Jacob, you know, he came over one day maybe to visit Rachel. He knocks on the door. This is how he says it. He knocks on the door. She comes to the door. She's got her John Deere hat pulled yeah. down over her face. She's got that, she's got that Amber Crombie hoodie zipped up all the way to here. You know, like the light blue ones. She's got that long blue jean skirt that drags the ground. And underneath that, you look down and you see her orange, I see her chartreuse and orange uh, Fuku shoes she's got on. You know, uh, Leah wasn't much to look at, but see, in this place of disappointment from looking at the beauty of Rachel and then discovering the disappointment of Leah, Jacob was birthed better sons, a priesthood and praise better than that Rachel had ever could ever have given him. Because in the end of Jacob's life He didn't want to be buried near Rachel He wanted to be buried with Leah The one who had brought him sorrow The one who had brought him disappointment There's a poem that he read That, that was my point for bringing this up that Sometimes we have to learn from disappointments in our lives When things don't work out When we get a little piece of that anointing And we bring it back to our place and it dies We have to get more of course But this little poem I have by Robert uh, Hamilton uh, it reads, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way. But let me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow. And near a word said she. But all oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. Saying in these disappointing times in our lives. When things don't work out. And you don't feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And the world's pulling you one way. and What you know is right is pulling you the other And your diet is pulling you down It's weighing you down from what you've been feeding on And in these moments and disappointments in our lives That's what we learn from That's what gives us the courage uh, To continue on And it gives us the courage to go again We must learn from our sorrow in these times So we can immediately uh, Be successful over these times And continue forward Take it to a deeper devotion Take it to a deeper reading life A deeper praying life So we can learn from these mistakes And it will give us the power to go again. we realize that these disappointments are what we're called for. But we're called for more. To get more than just a taste uh, of that little tree. I begin to think about it. Why have the leaf when you can have the whole tree? You can have uh, the tree of life. In in your life affecting you. uh, Being effective in your world and changing you. You see this bird. It didn't have to be compliant. It didn't have to do what Noah said. And leave this ark. Leave this The comfortability, but her natural desire on the inside pulled her for more. The natural desire we have in our hearts, it's pulling us for more in this place. Uh, Where you are and your place you're in, it's pulling you for more. That's your natural instinct is go to what's greater. And sometimes when we have our natural instinct pointed in the wrong direction, we get involved in things like drugs and addictions like that. That's why we have to point our instincts towards God and get involved in more of what He has for us. You see, this little dove, she had only been to the tops of the trees. Uh, she had not gotten down to the roots of it all. Amen. So once more, out the same window, they left. With, the dove and the raven left for the same reason, but wanted about to find more. Amen. Out this window, Noah at the time was being patient on God, and even though because this dove had brought the leaf back, he, he knew the water was gone. He was still waiting on God. He sent this dove out one more time. The dove was ready, or maybe expecting the same result. Nothing, or maybe just a little bit. But the enticement of land captured the dove and it and it enticed it to more, to more than to surviving, because what she needed was already there. When she was called by instinct to go out. You see, God, He already has a place prepared for us, where He's calling us to. He's already got it prepared for us, He's already got it laid out for us. <laughs> just as in Exodus chapter 15, uh The children of Israel will walk in and they can play for water. And God showed them, showed Moses a tree. Moses cast it into the water and it became sweet. You see, trees don't grow in a day. This tree was planted here way before they had ever ventured along this path and desired this water. You see, God prepares the way for us before we even know we need it. And see, this dove, it left. And it went out and it found its own land. It found what God had prepared for it the whole time where it could rejuvenate, where it could live where it could be happy for the rest of its life and I believe that we can learn something from this dove maybe you feel you're in one of the three stages uh, of this dove's life maybe you've maybe you've only went out one time and maybe you've experienced the Holy Ghost but, but you didn't take anything with you. you just went back to surviving It scared you, you went back to your place of comfortability Maybe you've went out more than one time. You've gone again. You've experienced the power of the anointing. You've had a taste of the supernatural. The gifts that begin to show and Become present in your life and work just a little bit. Maybe you you brought back that. You have that old you have that olive tree leaf with you. Uh, maybe you decide. Uh, maybe you brought it back. And you realize it didn't survive. And your place of survival let you in to go for more. You desired for more. You desired for greater. And then... Maybe you're decided and you're going out your third time tonight. Maybe you decided that you've maybe you've already gone out your third time and you found land, but God's calling us deeper in this place. He's calling us to go again. There's power in again to go out and to do what God's calling us to do because it doesn't always work the first time. That sinner doesn't always repent the first time. Your family member doesn't always come back the first time you pray. You're not always healed the first time you pray. But if you do it again and again and again. God is eventually is going to do something wonderful in your life. If you go out again uh, with the intention of getting more and getting greater, God is going to bless you. And eventually you're going to find the land God has prepared for you. If I can get some music, I have one more story. And I will be, I'll be done for tonight. But I still believe God is throughout since revival that we had... Uh, when Brother Nier was here, when Brother Micah Narlock was here, that God's still calling us deeper. He's still calling us to go again into what we've already been in the situation so many times. He's, he's calling us to go again into this place, the land He's already prepared for us. Uh, the land, the table He's already set for us to feast upon. You see, I have a story that I heard uh, a preacher preach from uh, the Zanesville podcast. Uh, it it, it touched me on a deep level I I felt it related to this message and I'm going to share it with you today back, is back in the time of of slaves back when uh, we had slavery was a big problem and they had auctions not for cars, not for lights and TVs but no, they had auctions for live people they had auctions for these slaves and the only they had no choice of where they went. As I said, it was an auction. The people bid, put the money down, and they had to go with them. But see, they, they kind of bid more on how bigger, how stronger, how lean, and more work-productive they looked. You see, there, there was this, this big this big man. He, he came up on the stage, and he was going to be sold at an auction. He was big, they knew all of them knew he could do work, they knew he had potential to do something great in their land, do something great on their, on their plantation. So the, the numbers began to fly up sky high, bids flew here, bids flew here, bids flew here, and it was about to close. The deal was about done. And the one man yells from the back, a price no one in that building could match. And with silence, they all, they all retracted their bids. And the man who outdid everyone else in that room loaded the slave on the back of his wagon It shackles, this slave that was driven around uh, for days it, it seemed to the slave. I'm sure it's hard to tell time in the back of a wagon shackled. And he noticed out the side of the wagon he saw a house, he saw cattle, he saw sheep, he saw land, he saw goods, he, he saw something that he thought he could never have. And this man, throughout the whole time, he was shouting, I will not work for you. I will not work for you. I will not do your work. And and as this man was led on in this wagon, it became more of a desperate cry. He began to cry out more desperately. It became more of less of a scream and more of, I will not work for you. He knew his impeding doom was whatever this man was going to take him. But he did not. He will not work for you. He claimed over and over again desperately to this man. But the man just continued driving. He passed the house and he'd gone on a little while. And he stopped. The man still proclaiming, I will not work for you. The man walked around to the back. The now owner walked around to the back. And he unshackled him. And in disbelief and confusion, he looked up at him. And he just, just had the glimpse. He didn't have to say it. he was wondering why he had done this for him. And the man said, You see that house we passed? You remember that house we passed back there? You remember that cattle? You remember that farm? That's all yours. I bought all that for you. I prepared all that for you. He prepared all that for him. And the man he had before cried, I will not work for you. I will not work for you. On his knees, in a sobbing voice, he began to cry out, I will work for you. I will work for you for the rest of my life. I will work for you. You see, this man, he paid the price no one else in that room could match. And he took this this once slave home and he released him into what he had prepared for him. What he had given, what he had bought for him. see, as we stand, that's what God wants us to do. He he wants us to go out to that land that He has already prepared for us. uh, Again and again and again. uh, When we find that stable earth, that stable crown that He had already bought for us so many years ago on Calvary. That He's already prepared the way for us. We just have to be ready to give it all to Him and go out again. uh, To find the hope of a dove and put it inside of us to find land, to find something greater, more than just surviving. Because we're called deeper. We are more than just the ark. We are called deeper than that. I believe God wants to use us on a deeper level. More than just a little bit of the supernatural. More than just a little bit of the gifts. He wants to bless us with all of it in this place tonight if somebody were to claim it if somebody were to accept that God has already paid the price so as you come to this altar let it be on your mind that it is worth going again I want to be saved it is worth going again my master paid the price for me that I could never pay myself somebody just go again in this place tonight Expecting something different. Expecting something greater. I love you forever. I love you forever. I love you forever. I love you. Oh, I love you forever I love you